passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Door. Bumper. Clear. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Door Bumper Clear presented by Office. I'm Freddie Kraft, and we're back from Richmond and have a lot to share. We'll cover my boss, Danny Hamlin's late charge to the win, Kyle Busch's 400-lap-later penalty, new pit stop choreography, the current state of jobs in NASCAR with a special guest, and much, much more. Let's roll, Jason. The best on the stand and the best in the booth. Stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Good call to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty. Freddie, you fat. TJ, you suck. Brighton so bad. Jason is facing kind of fight in this race. And if someone don't crash, then he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddie, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is a spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's Thorbump Bumper clear now nah, don't get it twisted baby this isn't the download nah this is door bumper clear. Clear, 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 clear. there you go i like it hey everybody i'm tj majors spotted the six cup car and the uh had the 68 xfinity this weekend welcome back casey again I've been here like every. I know week. you're on a hell of a streak right now, so just keep Thank it up. Thank you. One I in a appreciate row. that. You can't miss anymore, <laughs> so you can't make two in a row without doing your first one. Brett Griffin, spotter for College Racing, had a fun day on uh, Saturday with Daniel Hemrick run six. Yesterday we had a few ups and downs, but the Lady Gamecocks are national champions. I didn't know you pulled for the ladies. The Lady Cox, let's nah. go. <laughs> Love them to death. Don Staley's and the best basketball coach Freddie, let's in American get this history. Started before we get off on a rant. <laughs> well, we've been on a rant all morning already. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Thank God. I'm glad Thank the show's God the not cameras live. Start rolling. Uh, what's up, Freddie Kraft? Spotter for Bubba Wallace and Landon Castle this week. Uh, yeah, fairly uneventful week for me. Kind of not scared to out of me in practice. I'll tell you that much. Scared to of ourselves. That's why we spun out. We almost ran Ricky over. Had a. I saw you driving a three, and I'm like, oh, God, one spinner in front of you. I guess, you know, we were catching Ricky, and he was struggling a little bit, and Ricky was letting us go, but never pointed. Like, you know, these guys point to each other like, hey, you know, I'm going to give you the bottom here. 
And Bubba said, you know, Ricky just checked up early in the three to let us go, and we were we almost ran up his ass. So Bubba just, you know, jumped on the brakes and hooked the thing to the left to run avoid Ricky. It so, stopped quick though, I'll tell yeah, you that. It was good. It was fine. But yeah, it was uh that was eventful for practice and then our I'd like was, to say me and uh me and Herm successfully didn't screw up anything yesterday, which was good. Good work. I liked it so much I got up and put matching gray jacket and shorts again on today i liked you know i liked the cars looking just like each other so went for that look again what'd you guys think about when they released those paint schemes and it's like oh perfect our cars are identical. Well, i thought it was a joke <laughs> thought it was a couple days early for april like, fools yeah i mean which they did say something to us about it but i didn't really care because of martinsville or richmond i'd probably fine with it but i'm like if you i'm gonna go ahead and you send that thing to pocono or a plate track or something good luck yeah. Well, before we keep going, we should probably introduce Jason since I feel like we've failed that every week. But Jason Schultz, producer, here. driver of the 35 Sprint car, I think it was. Yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, great job this go. weekend. It went great. Had a really good run and really enjoyable. <laughs> what good, did I miss? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see this? Jason no. made his debut mm-hmm. at uh, Port Royal. Port Royal. <laughs> Three, uh, he's he's actually breaking the news. Um, potentially going to be in Chad's micro this yeah, week at, yeah. at Millbridge. So, <laughs> so uh, there's some, some, he won't even play me in basketball. How's he going to drive? No, there was a tweet. Somebody tweeted. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, Jason Schultz is making his debut. I was like, oh, way to go, Jason. Yep. Which they did. Jason and that kid over there got went and got his breakfast this morning. <laughs> uh, you know, from Bojangles. So. Ben and I made a tuning graphic on our drive to the bar on Saturday night. I'm like, this would be funny. Really confused people because some people believed that I was actually racing. They were tweeting us updates. Oh, there was somebody, uh, Chris Blackmore, who he interacts with us a lot. He's yeah. like, he did a good job. He ran 11th. I'm like, God damn, Chris. Hey, you, was Kevin at the track this weekend? Yeah, he was there. I, saw I him. looked for him. I didn't see him. Uh, he was in the infield. I saw, oh, him at, uh, damn. I saw him right behind the two hauler, I think it was, um, when I was getting ready to head up. But Shame. Yeah. Um, Kevin's awesome. Kevin... Kevin's another one. He will enter. He's everywhere. He's on. He'll retweet our show every week. He's yeah. on Sirius every week talking to everybody. Uh, the reason I ask is he's got Virginia in his name, I think. Yeah, he's going. Uh, he's coming to the 600. I don't know is that he? he's coming to the experience, but he's coming to the 600. Probably one of our most dedicated listeners. Well, Denny Hamlin is officially back and redeemed himself after a rough season. Starts the season with a win. Freddie, are you happy? What a great! I mean, day. really? What a great! <laughs> Seriously, I had to start with him. I wish my bonuses were tied to Denny, uh, but I'm just happy to keep my job. So, what a great job by the best one ever, apparently. Uh, no, he's great. Uh, listen, pit strategy played out in his favor. I was very confused at why the 19 switched their strategy because I think they would have probably won the race if they had stayed on the same street. They were two stop at the second stage. And uh, they won the second stage, I believe, right? And then, for some reason, they switched back to a one stop there in the in the last stage and and got beat. They were they were ahead of Danny, and it was going to come down to them in the twenty or the twenty four. I felt like, and and for some reason, they decided to make a switch and and switch strategies, and and it cost them. But I thought it was awesome the way the race played out at the end. Um, you know, two guys on one strategy, a couple other guys on a different strategy coming through the field, and. And you're kind of looking up there saying, oh, they're getting closer. You know, obviously we had the timing and scoring in front of us so we could see how much faster they are. But it's all a matter of traffic and whether or not they were going to get there. And, but, and they hawked them down pretty quick. Yeah, Chris Capehart, Rodney Childers are the two smartest guys in the, in the garage yesterday. In, or luckiest in, 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 in my point. opinion. I mean, I think they had a plan, you know, and I think they stuck to it. But I don't think you won that race. I don't, you definitely don't win that race without Gabe Hart calling the race that he did. Obviously, big yeah, win for, sure. for Denny. Uh, he's in his hometown. 
Um, is Denny locked in the playoff now? I mean, he's 20th in points. Is that going to be – is that win going to be enough? I think he's got to stay hot and keep climbing. He'll be all right. Uh, I mean, those guys, 15th, 16th in points, I, I don't think they're going to be okay the way this is trending. No, I mean, we're what, seven for seven now? Seven for seven. So, I mean, we're – I remember what that was like. And we're going to Martinsville. Yeah, we're going to Martinsville. We still got two plate races, road courses. You know, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a I dirt mean, race. We, a dirt race. We talked about it last year. We were gonna get close, and I think we ended up with what like thirteen winners or something like that last year. And there's a lot of guys this year that have already won that did not win last year. So uh, it's gonna be the days of you're locked in the playoffs with a win could be in question. I remember what fifteenth and sixteenth was like. <laughs> Last week, a few weeks ago, <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, so last Tuesday was about the last. Time. That's what I meant. What I mean, I'm if you were in gray again, is there? Uh, Who gave TJ a drink? It's illegal. Oh. I ain't got thirty points yet. Take it away. Take TJ's water away. He's not in the top thirty. Yet. Oh yeah. yeah. Shut up, Jason. <laughs> Mister, give your own role in the company. Um, yeah, it's a hell of a move by them guys. I mean, we were running around them. We were literally running around Denny and uh, great pit calls there. Um, got up there. Was really surprised Martin switched theirs up. And you picked Denny and DBC. I picks, know. So, so you, that, oh, you so, should be super so happy. Your, your jinx. I know over. it's over. I got to thank Denny for clearing that up now. Maybe this is the start of something. You even said you would personally invite him on the show if, if he won. I thought that I thought it was lined up. I'm you, sorry, Denny? you guys. I mean, I thought Freddie or Brett was going to get him on here. Are you free but, next Monday? I was texting with him last night and this morning because our buddy Chris Lambert, he's a huge Duke fan. <laughs> and so Freddie and I took him to Hooters to watch the game. And he I tried had, to get Herm to he, go. He, he wouldn't had, go. He had one Jack and Coke, and they won the race. So I texted him and Denny, and I was like, hey, I'm going to have to take your buddy Lambert out for a Jack and Coke every night before the race. It seems that was your good luck charm. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my DBC picks has been like the Madden cover. You know, the athlete they put on there gets hurt the next year. But Denny is uh, – he broke that now. So Speaking cool. of the Duke game, did you guys see where Eric Church completely canceled his concert to, to go, go to the Duke yeah. North Carolina game? How do y'all feel about that? You know what that is? What is that? <laughs> you said that before. F- you money. You money. <laughs> I think that's f- everybody money. So what it like, okay, I don't know like how much he makes a show. Over a million bucks. Yeah, do you know this personally? Definitely FU money at that point. <laughs> I have I mean, friends in did. the country music industry. I, I know like, Eric, Church, Eric Church's ego is too big to even let people open for him. He plays his own concert for three hours. Did you, did he think that he was going to like get away with it? Or people would think he that it's... He is getting away with it. He refunded the tickets and he made up yeah, for it. Like I it, just said, I just told you what he thought. He, it, yeah. he doesn't give a he doesn't care. I just think it's odd because this is literally the equivalent to NASCAR saying, "Hey, we're big, we're big college basketball fans. We're going to cancel the race this weekend so we can all go watch." He canceled a major event that people bought tickets to for maybe anniversaries, for Christmas. You got non-refundable flights going on. Damn, you man. got hotel rooms. You got all these things, and right before your show, you go, "Hey, I ain't going." That's pretty. Where funny. was it at? It was in Texas, like a stadium. I don't know exactly which venue. But regardless, you pull the plug. I'm just saying it's a and lot And he, he literally wrote this letter that basically said, I'm going to be selfish, and I'm going to go to this game with my family. And I was like, wow. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it affects him. <laughs> yeah. That could be the end of his career. No. Could be. I no. Doubt it. Could be. I doubt it. You never know, man. 
I'm going to go ahead and say. There's going to be some backlash, but I don't know if it's going to end his career. (laughs) I mean, damn, those people had to be excited. That was going to be such a good time. He's like a Hickory, North Carolina guy. You know, like he's a he's a local guy to hear. Those people are going to have such a good time, man. All them guys from Hickory are a bunch of ass. Who? Jarrett. Gentleman Ned Jarrett's a real ass. I didn't say yeah. I didn't say all. I saw most of them. Yeah, Jalen Jed's the only one that's nice out of there. Maybe those Dale. guys are so mean up there. I mean, you got Barkdall, Jason <laughs> Barnwell. Well, Barkdall's Bar- from the mountains somewhere. That's eh, up there. So do spiders either come from Long Island or Hickory? Pretty yeah, much. The, pretty much. The or or Pageland. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, one from Pageland. Yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. believe the it or one not. One and only. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shows, when we talk about Eric Church, um, I keep Chew? seeing shoe shoe shows. I keep seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of negative feedback about these Fox pre-race shows. And I have to ask these guys, like, what? I mean, what's going on with these things? He just axed these guys. Axed them. He killed them. You ask or axe? Axe both. He axed somebody. It seems as they are going the more entertainment route with the pre-race show versus actually providing race analysis. And I haven't watched one in a month because I I've see what people are saying on Twitter. I'm like, it's not worth watching. And Jeff Gluck just tweets out these screenshots of like characters on the screen. Like they had a watermelon seed on yesterday. And you know that's probably something to do with Ross. But like, why are they talking about Ross in that sense for when they could be talking about how impressive his career has been to get to this point to win the race? Like that should be the storyline versus making a joke of watermelon about it. Which they could have talked about that stuff too. I didn't watch, but I assume it's not the best product. Yeah, I've right seen now. multiple times people were just, you know, there was one where two guys were dressed up like Chase and, and Kyle Larson, and uh, I don't know. There's been a bunch of karaoke so what, singers. I, something I, last I, week. I have not watched a pre race show. Um, Why not? What are you doing? I'm not watching the pre race show. Well, based off um, of what I saw in Atlanta, just sitting in a suite drinking. No, I mean, I'm talking like on TV. Like, I don't go back and watch the pre race shows. So, I don't. Is it like similar to Formula One or what? I think it's the opposite of Formula One. It's the one. opposite. Yeah. Like, they're not. Because I thought a, Formula One's actually okay. That's it's what like they a, should mo- model yeah, after. Like, and I think that we see a lot of that. Like, a lot of, a lot of the NASCAR backlash I keep reading about the broadcast is like, you treat your fans like idiots. Like, and I know there's an aspect of it where you have to inform the fan, but it seems like they 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 take it to a level where that it's like nobody's ever watched the race before, where they have to explain everything. Yeah. You know, and I think Formula One does a really good job of of kind of mixing it to where you've explained it, and now you're hoping the the fan that's been watching has retained it, and you don't have to break it down into detail as much. But I I see a lot of that on Twitter where people are like, you know. We've been watching for 20 years. I don't need to know what a lug nut is, you know, or whatever. And that's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it just feels this like this is it's, a spoiler. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I, they, I think the key to them having a good broadcast is obviously Mike Joy is awesome at, at his job. Clint Boyer, who I know very well, is not a guy who is going to spend all week preparing. He's going to be an on the fly, off the cuff, tell you what he thinks. But he's good at it. And if you need him to go like in depth into something that requires preparation, he's probably not your guy. So that third guy, you got to have like a Larry Mack who is going to do an extensive amount of research and everything yeah, that Larry he speaks Mack to is hard, man. They're not going to do what TJ just did and said, hey, what's the show like? Because that's what we got with Danica Patrick. She was up there asking questions when she's supposed to be part of the storytelling process. So I thought it was awesome yesterday that they had a crew chief in the booth because that was a crew chief's race. Now, I also have a problem with Chad Knauss in the booth because he's on Hendrick's payroll. And I have I, I, I just see a huge conflict of interest with Tony Stewart being in the booth. He owns a freaking race team. Four cars out there competing. 
Same thing with Jeff Gordon. Like, I don't know why we can't get the right personalities plugged in that don't have a conflict of interest. I because, don't think... Because it's a gigantic conflict of interest. You're, you're going to have anybody in the industry is going to have a conflict of interest unless you have like a Steve O'Donnell who... What is Clint Boyer's conflict of interest? Well, right now, nothing. But at the same time, Chad was great yesterday because, for instance, Kurt's challenges with, with his car. Like, he was able to explain what most fans would not understand when it came to what he if was going on If a Hendrick driver or Hendrick person had royally screwed up, he would most likely not have called them out and went in depth on it on television because he is trying to sell his company. But at the same time, you have two other people who will. There so is no but. You not, have to have a personality up there that doesn't have an interest in the race, and it's not that hard. There's enough crew chiefs out there that you could you could put. I mean, you could pull the guy out of a race team and pay him to sit at home during the week and study and then talk about it on TV. It's, we shouldn't have all these conflicts. I understand what you're saying, but I don't think yesterday was really, it became an issue. I understand where it could be, but I, I think he did a great job. Well, I think we saw it last year with Jeff, even before he was a fit. I mean, he was always been part of Hendrick Motorsports, obviously, but you know, before he took this official role and went back there, you know, we saw him a lot of times. There was some questionable calls where he did not, you know, yeah. we, we felt like the Hendrick car was at fault, and he Homer Simpson back to, into that yeah. bush. <laughs> he tried to, you know, pass the blame on something else. So, and that's exactly what Chad Canals would have had to do yesterday. Because guess where his bread and butter's at? It's not Fox. You go get a guy like Cole Pern, Casey. That's who you go get. There's a lot of guys you can go get that will do a phenomenal job for you. Tell the story, present the facts. Um, I'm obviously not privy to the pre-race show on race day either. I think that Fox has an incredible product and they've got a lot of money invested in the sport. And I don't know who's leading their creative charge right now. But if, if it's not appealing to Jason, which we're all after the the Jasons of the world, right? We want that younger demographic. How do we get a younger I mean, Jovi said to me, This is a this is a bad statement. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that up front. She said to me the day after the Daytona five hundred, she came home from school. She said, Dad, your sport's gonna die. And I said, What do you mean it's gonna die? She's in a sports marketing class at Lake Norman High School right here in Mooresville. And the freaking professor, teacher, said, how many kids watch the Daytona 500? And there were three kids out of 35 that said they watched. And so that was alarming to her. So we do have to go after that younger crowd. How do we do it? I don't know how we do it. I personally think you go call Drive to survive. I, I think you call a freaking meeting with a bunch of 18-year-olds and you ask them how we do it. And then that's the way you go down the road. Because a 47-year-old male can't tell you how we're going to attract an 18-year-old demographic to the sport. But anyway, Jason, that's what I think. They're, maybe they're going after is that mm-hmm. younger crowd. But if they're not appealing to you, how old are you now, 24? Yeah. Guys, you're getting old. 24 <laughs> years old. And, 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 and if we can't appeal to you, I don't think we're going to jump the gap to go even younger. Yeah, and F1's doing the phenomenal job of that right now, attracting the – core audience that NASCAR wants in America. I'll tell you what else, what else F1 has hit on, and it's it's weird that nobody else has hit on this. Their their numbers seem to be growing this year by starting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Crazy. Weird. It's 1 a.m. this week, but... Well, <laughs> yeah. like the last two yeah. weeks, right? Their, their numbers have been up, and yeah. they were 1 o'clock races here. Yeah. I do think, you know, I'm still... I wa- I'm watching that Drive to Survive again, and I, I think, like, we're getting ideas from a marketing standpoint of things we can be impl- implementing. But then also when you do watch those races, you it's like you feel like you know those people because you've seen them on the yeah, back. And I, I thought they did a great job with, with our documentary there, Bubba's you know race. And I think that would be even better for NASCAR if they could find a way to do that with multiple teams. I don't know if you have to do every team, kind of like Formula One, uh, you know, Drive to Survive does. But 
you could bounce around for three to four different teams and 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 do the I same thing. I think you thing. bounce around, and get perspective from a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and you know, you you drive to, drive to survive. Did I mean they got in a little bit of hot water for? Well, they're just kind of creating creating drama a little bit, but you know, it that gets it's interesting. You, know, every, you, you got to be careful. These TV products do not to be cheesy, right? Yeah, nobody wants cheesy. The 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 best all the feedback that I got from the Netflix show from Bubba uh, about Bubba was you know how cool it was to see that Danny was in the team meeting with us. Um, you know it was no manufactured anything like where the, it wasn't the interviews. Po, you know you know they cut their interviews the whole time, but it was like the actual meetings or or Bubba talking to Wheels. You know at the pit box about you know what the practice went like all the natural stuff that people want to see behind the scenes is that those they meetings don't ever see. They'll never see it. You know what I mean? And and that was like just the the biggest one I got was you know. Holy cow, Denny really sits in on your meeting? I'm like, yeah, he's there every week. You know, like that's, you know, that, that's the stuff people want to see is how involved these guys are, kind of how they break the week down, how they talk to each other. Like there's a point in that, in that show where Denny's just like, listen, this is not acceptable. Like what we're doing right now is unacceptable. We have to be better than that, you know, and he's going our asses in a meeting right there. And that's what, you know, that's what people want to see. They don't want to see, you know, a manufactured fight between two teammates that really doesn't exist in at McLaren or wherever it was in Drive to Survive. You know, they want to see the real that's going on behind the scenes. I mean, you, we've all been in the sport for years. Even pe- when we take people to the racetrack to see what they get to experience of the behind the scenes of how it works, like when even like unloading a hauler. I mean, those are all interesting things that I feel like Formula One has done a great job of showcasing even on their social channels. So I think for NASCAR, can you imagine what pro- product they could create just from what currently exists? I mean, the look on people's face when you give them a hauler tour and then, well, I mean, it doesn't know, happen yeah. nowadays, but you give them a hauler tour and you show them that there's a car above their head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you slide that thing open and they're like, holy cow. Like, We've looked in the up top of the trailer <laughs> a million times and it's just like, oh, there, you, when you pop that door open and somebody looks up like, holy cow, there's another car up there. You know, <laughs> well, it's pretty. There, um, there used to be. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like Freddie says, the look on their faces and stuff. Yeah. Though, there's a lot of opportunity there for. That's the favorite. The best part of my job is being able to see that. So have it on TV would be. Incredible. How do you get up there? There's no way in hell you can see up there. What? <laughs> get a ladder. She got a ladder. <laughs> I have to do it all the time. That's where all our stuff is on top she of the points. Oh, yeah. There's a car <laughs> way up there. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, how many Bojangles biscuits did you guys have this morning? Because I had one Cajun filet and I had two bow rounds. Usually by the time I get here, because I'm about Casey late nowadays. <laughs> you live um, the closest, and you're the last one and here. And I've been week. like first almost. Yeah, but every I'm not week. coming from my house. Oh, you're not. Well, no. Whose house are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If there's a huge couch. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. No! 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 Jason, <laughs> cut that out. I mean, jeez, yeah. TJ. <laughs> <laughs> On the way, you know, when I leave my house. Rule like, number three is never tell on yourself. <laughs> About to do some sketchy <laughs> dude. <laughs> Hope I get away with it. <laughs> oh, Boy, okay. We better right, move we, on. Yeah, we all need right. to keep going. Uh, There's a big ass couch and I fell asleep on it. So <laughs> showed up late. <laughs> some, all right. Some dude well, was mowing the lawn outside. <laughs> I think we need to move on and hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad before this gets way too out of hand. Every once in a while, it's time to make a big life move. Luckily, if that move involves selling your home, we know who you should turn to. The easiest place to sell your home is with our friends at OfferPad. They are committed to providing an awesome, different home selling experience with tons of perks. 
To get the process started, log on OfferPad.com. You'll complete a form about your home that will take less than five minutes. Yeah, then within 24 hours, OfferPad's going to send you an express cash offer. It's the perfect selling option for those who want to sell on their own schedule with more convenience, certainty, and control. Then in come the perks. They include selling without listing, no showings, picking your own closing date, a free local move, and a three-day extended stay. And Freddie is also fully available to help you move all your stuff in his cutoff tank top. <laughs> OfferPad has markets all across the U.S. and can help you move wherever life takes you. Check out OfferPad.com to see if you live in an area or wanting to live in an area or move to an area. That's an OfferPad market. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, Here we go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. First topic, Denny Hamlin wins after saying, if you want to win the Kentucky Derby, you can't have a three-legged donkey pre-race. Spot On, Spot Off, Freddie. <sighs> I really to, uh, Denny's great. Um, <laughs> Do donkeys I race guess. in the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> I've never seen a donkey in the Kentucky Derby. What about three-legged? Uh, I've never seen a three-legged donkey or horse in the Kentucky Derby. So I guess he's right. You can't win it without without with one of those. Um I guess his donkey grew a fourth leg yesterday, or just Gabe Hart was that good on the pitch strategy. But uh, obviously, there's been no secret. Toyota's been struggling a little bit this year, so I'm assuming that's what he has been referring to and having to turn it around, and, and they turned it around yesterday. Um, all four of the Gibbs cars were really good, I felt like. Um, obviously, we'll talk about Kyle's penalty here in a minute, but you know, the 20 was up front leading laps. The 19 won a stage. The 11 won the race. The 18 was their top 10 all race, so... You know, they've obviously found something there and kind of turned a corner, and hopefully we can continue to build off that, especially all these short tracks coming up. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm spot on for what he said leading into the weekend. I made the comment last week that I thought this was a big test for JGR and, and to really see where they're at. I looked up, and to Freddie's point, they were second, third, and fourth with 60-plus with laps to go, so obviously in contention to go out and, and win the race. Um, I also am spot off for the way Freddie says donkey. It's donkey. Don- it's a donkey. Don- donkey. What? Donkey. What? Don- Say donkey. TJ. Donkey. TJ, <laughs> sound like, spot off. He sounds know. exactly like Shrek. Donkey. 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 <laughs> Jason, how do I say donkey? How should you say donkey? You're the donkey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He is, don- he is the donkey. Um, There might be a new donkey. Um, <laughs> what? Um, you good, I am. A, <laughs> I'm. You know, Denny pulled me. A, got me a win in the in the DBC pick. So I got to go spot on. Uh, I'm spot off because he didn't show up this morning. Kind of sucks. Oh, you us off here. Was that, were, you, were you at his house <laughs> trying to get him to come on? I was beating on his <laughs> door. Come on, man. Deliver. Which Denny, door? deliver. He's got like 18 doors at that house. <laughs> Just throw a rock at the back uh, of him. Um, that, he's here. 
Justin, see that he's here. The, the FedEx guy. The, the FedEx truck literally just drove by our door. I yeah. wish we had the cameras facing that way. The delivery. timing could not have been any better. Danny delivers. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if he straight up had the speed to win in the middle stages there, but they did what they had to do to make some good pick calls, and he um, obviously upheld his part on the track. That's one of his better tracks, too, so... Bad part about it is I can't pick him again this week because we're going to this next bet. You know, it's probably is one of his best tracks still. So momentum, momentum carries over. And I think that showed with Ross this week too. Ross fast in qualifying fast beginning part of the race. Got into a arm wrestling competition there a couple times and kind of he fell back a little bit, but uh, now spot on for them guys for, getting up there and making the calls to to get the win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kyle Busch is black flagged with 52 laps to go when the team put a piece of tape on the grill instead of the brake duct 200 laps before. TJ. Uh, spot on. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty obvious that was up there. Not and that obvious. If it took 222 <laughs> laps to see it. I thought they put it on a stop. It was stop. also bright green. <laughs> I thought they put it on under a pit stop. Thought 222 the, laps they, later, they got black They flag. did on lap 126. That's when they did it. And then 200 plus laps later, they got a penalty. How do you feel about that time lapse? Is that is that all right? I mean. He's running illegal for 200 laps. It's ridiculous is what it is. You still can't. It, it you still changed, can't let it, it go. It, it changed the whole outcome of the race that he got to run illegally for two hundred laps. I think that I Abs- think they yeah, also talked sure. about that they I considered agree. taking it off, but then they're like, "Well, we're not going to get black flagged, so we'll just keep it on because of the delay." So another. Well, you're. There. I mean, you're talking about you're taking it off. It sounds easy enough, right? But when you're talking about a nine second pit stop, like they did have yesterday, that's it's it's tenths of a second for a guy to hang a tire and then go up there and pull that tape off and that's could be the difference in position so if you've gone 200 laps without getting a penalty why would you ever think you're going to get one and and there's no reason to take it off there's got to be a rat that saw this 100 from pit road or saw this on television and brought it to nascar's attention 200 laps later and obviously when the official called it in or however NASCAR was alerted. I don't think NASCAR all of a sudden woke up and went, oh, what's that bright piece of green tape on the front of that car? That's not supposed to be there. So I, I personally think there's a rat, and I think that somebody raised their hand and went and tattletold. And, you? And, and <laughs> No, it wasn't me. The last thing I'm looking at is tape. Uh, but I think somebody went and tattletailed on the old 18 ball, and they got in trouble. But – the 200 laps of running illegally is what I'm most frustrated 222. about. That's what I'm most frustrated about. I, I don't understand. So, listen, we, they put out a statement through Bob last night I saw where they, they took them 222 laps because they were doing their due diligence. And then I saw a quote in um, Jordan's, Bianchi's article this morning that said that the answer they gave Ben, be sure the crew chief of the 18, was that they were checking to make sure that it was actually stuck on during the pit stop and not – 
a piece of tape that got stuck to the grill on the racetrack. And what they need to do, I don't know if they, they have this ability, they should just put a camera in every pit box so that they can see whether or not guys stuck the tape on because we actually have that. And I don't think it takes an hour and a half to look at the video and see if you stuck a piece of tape on or if it fell off. Tell us how you really um, Well, it's just ridiculous. And, and it's ridiculous from a lot of fronts. We're now racing against a quote-unquote illegal car. How much it actually benefited them, I don't think at all. But also, for Kyle Busch's sake... The hell's wrong with you? It's it's <laughs> 100 you? or 222 laps of... They could have changed their entire strategy. If they get a penalty, okay, you pit at 126, you get the tape on there. Hey, no no good. You know, even, even if it's 10, 20 laps, we're looking at it. We're going to make sure it's stuck on there from the pit stop, whatever. You give him a penalty by lap 150. He's got 250 laps to make his make this up through strategy, through whatever. Now you throw it out there on our last pit stop with 50 to go. Oh, by the way, you got a pit now. So now it's like, what in the hell is going on here? Um, it's just, it's from all fronts, it's a joke. I don't understand. Literally, you're talking about 222 laps is essentially an hour and a half, maybe more of of actual time. You know, what what were you doing for an hour and a half? 100%, I agree with Brett that somebody from Pit Road sent a text to the tower saying, or, you know, sent a, you know, their, a message to the tower through their pit official that, hey, did you look at the front of the 18 car? And, oh, yeah, look at that. Penalty three eighteen. You know, I don't understand how you can say you were taking an hour and a half to do due diligence on something that you could easily see from a pit road camera that we have now in every pit box to judge all these pit road penalties. So uh, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't, just, I don't agree with it. It's just, it's just something that can't happen. Brett, you alluded to this a little bit earlier too, but with their choreography, the new choreography, you feel like that completely impacted and completely changed oh i think it changes the sport a ton i mean obviously it's faster uh but what i'm most impressed about and i tweeted this yesterday the rear tire changer has the hardest job i hate to say the hardest because jack man jumps first and he can get run over um and all the choreography of the pit stop is based off the jack man right um he's like the five six seven eight guy if you're a dancer you know what i mean now we're gonna start a routine but if I'm the tire changer and I'm the rear tire changer, I'm literally chasing the car and I'm diving onto the concrete on my knees. Physically, it's tough on you. Uh, Performance-wise, it's the toughest part of the pit stop, in my opinion. So now, the way those two changers are jumping in front of the car, they're both like two front changers. The car is coming to them versus them having to chase the car. So I think that's a big advantage. And I think physically, it saves a lot on their bodies. Because these guys get beat up. I mean, by the time these – if you're a long-term tire changer, by the time you hit 35, 40 years old, you're beat all to hell. I don't know. I don't know one that's not. I assume we're just going to go to the next topic since – you know, listen, JGR fought for this. It wasn't allowed. They kind of fought to get it approved. It got approved. They got approved for this week was the first week. They used it, and they turned the fastest four-tire pit stop in history of NASCAR. So guess what every pit crew in America is practicing this morning, I would assume. Uh, you know, that, that it, it, the proof is in the pudding right there. Um, and, and we talk about tenths of a second is positions on pit road, especially under a yellow flag. So, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see how it goes forward. Uh, going into it, I had talked to some of my guys, namely Ryan Flores, a buddy of mine from, you know, he tire changer at Penske, and they, they, they knew under perfect conditions and pit stop practice – it was, you know, three to five tenths faster than what, you know, the, the traditional pit stop was. But it had been unproven 
in race scenario. And there's a lot of factors that go into that, you know, cars coming around, you know, the weather, every, anything could be different. And, but they went out and proved that it was better. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see going forward. My only concern with it when I watched the video was, will that front hose get run over by the guy pitting in front of that car? Cause they swing that front hose out so wide that the guy can get around the front of the car to the right rear tire that it's, it's essentially if we go to Martinsville this week, those are tight pit boxes. You know, there's potential where that car, where that guy's changing that tire, a car could come in, hit that hose, and and rip the gun out of his hand, or you know, or just alter the pit stop in some way. So it'll be interesting to see, especially early this week when there's a lot of cars in lead lap. If we have a yellow flag pit stop, how that plays out, and if, if they even still do it. My favorite part of this, TJ, is we're all being put every single year in a tighter and tighter and tighter box. JGR went out and spent millions of dollars on developing a pit gun that would be faster than everybody else's pit gun. And when they debuted it, holy cow, they were fast. Here again, they've spent a bunch of money because we're talking a lot of different guys training, a lot of cameras, a lot of technology, a lot of meetings to change the pit stop. Uh, Do you think NASCAR should be trying to limit how teams can spend their money? Um, No, I don't think on this subject I don't because – they're not doing anything different. They're just going to set the bar for everyone's going to start doing it. Um, I'm really curious this week at Martinsville, how this is a, to me, it's a more risky pit stop uh, for tight stalls. You go to somewhere with bigger stalls and uh, Martinsville is kind of spread out a little big or, difference uh, between India and Martinsville. Well, that like Richmond's pretty decent too, but yeah. Martinsville, man, that place is tight. Yeah. And I think you know, who knows? <laughs> I think there's, like you said, there's a chance the hose gets run over yep. by a car coming out. It's approved uh, by NASCAR to do this pit stop now. Do you think that NASCAR should have approved this pit stop and given everybody 30 days notice to be able to implement it versus it's approved Gibbs is doing it? I think. Uh, I don't I think know if they you did. Can, they, they, did? they did like around Daytona. They said they were going to approve it, but it wasn't going to be till like after. When so they, they gave they gave when I it could debut. Was, and I this think was when was, it could debut. Yeah, I think it's think yeah. they knew. Yeah, I think so. they knew. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Why didn't yeah. more teams jump on this? I think they just d- worried. I think they didn't think it was going to be this much of a like I risk versus reward. You know, it's just something different, and maybe they didn't like they might be worried about the hose, like we said, or they might be worried about something else about the pit stop. Where are you going to keep doing this if somebody runs over your hose and rips that gun out of there? And then you're yeah, you know, you uh, go from top five to twenty fifth. Yeah, how much time are you gaining versus the risk of Losing two seconds. That's what I'm saying. Do you, do you yeah. just stick with the safe way that doesn't put yourself in any danger? Or do you, or maybe you pull this out at the end if you need a gain in a pit spot. You know what I mean? Maybe you switch it up. But this is my last stop of the day. I'm running third. I'm going to try to come out with the lead. I'm going to do it. I you like know? it. I'm a big fan of it. I, I like it. I, I like I, a playbook I love- for it. Like the options are, I like having the option. Hey guys, this is the money stop. We're going to go for it right here. I love the evolution of, of the sport and these kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. Spot on, spot off. Kevin Harvick says y'all need to get your together on the spotter stand on the radio after the finish where he almost caught Hamlin for the victory. Brett. This is a, this is a weird scenario because the 10 and 22 were side by side racing one another when the leader caught them and the leader was Denny Hamlin and the 10 pushed the 22 up and gave Denny a lane to clear them both quickly. And then when his own teammate caught him, 
they were three wide with a four on the bottom, and the 10 did not just let him have it. The 10 actually slowed the momentum of the four down. It was so backwards of how it should have been. It was complete backwards of how <laughs> it should have been. So I don't know what was relayed to Eric Amarola. I don't know what was relayed, obviously, to uh, Joey Logano because you have a teammate in the 10, and then you have a manufacturing teammate in the, the 22. So for those two guys to essentially – Were they racing? They they halted they halted Kevin Harvick's ability to have a shot at the win, and that can't happen. I no. mean, it can happen, and it did happen, but if you're, if you're all aligned, and, and what I mean by aligned is you got Ford, then you've got management, then you've got spotter communication, then you've got driver, and if anywhere in there it's broken, you see what happens yesterday. And if if they're aligned and Joel Edmonds says to the 10, you know, hey, Harvick's coming, man. He's only three back of this 11. Uh, it's for the win with three to go. I don't think you do what he did because he he let the first guy go and then he raced the second guy. You don't guy. have to do anything but just race the other guy and run your lane. Run your lane. Let, Kevin, already, Dewey, and let and they, Kevin handle it from and there. And they, and they were already too wide. So, I, man, I would love to know if this was an Eric Amarola decision. I'd love to go back, and you guys have, I think, the ability to go listen to some of the in-car stuff. I, I don't have that. Um, but I would love to know what he was told and then and then us analyze what he did because it sure looked like that he didn't do anything to help his teammate. He actually did something to hurt him. Spot off for the whole situation if I'm a SHR guy. I'm spot off because I saw – I watched it on the front stretch off of four, and I'm like, oh, this is going to get good. And then I seen what happened in one, and I was like, Damn is boring <laughs> um but yeah i don't there was some drastic moves like it you know like and i get it man some guys don't like to be a part of anything like that but um i don't know i mean every every driver makes their own decision on it i, I wanted to see i wanted to see kevin get there and see what he would have done to make a good race man you know i don't whoever wins from there i'm not a fan of going in there and just wrecking danny i wouldn't want to see that i don't think kevin would have done that I think uh, I think it was going to be a good race between two really good short drag drivers. So I'm confused. Bye, Denny. He, Denny's gone. <laughs> so now you guys think the teammates should have helped him win because a couple weeks ago you said that that was no good. The lap car should have just got the hell out of the way. I and, just said they should have raced the race. Well, I'm just saying you guys are now you guys are faulting the ten for not helping when two weeks ago you said the four did the wrong thing by helping his teammate win the race. The four so, did do the wrong thing at, at a restricted play track. Okay. He's two laps He down. helped his teammate win the race. Now this week, you guys are saying his this teammate should have helped. It, listen, the 10 should have helped him. The 10 should have stayed in the bottom, and Harvick would have gotten to his bumper and would have moved him. Because I think he said in his post-race interview, he had all intentions of getting to that 11's bumper and moving him out of the way. Because like we talked about last week with Ross, the, the win at all costs. You have to win a race. Especially now, we've just talked about how many different winners you have. It's not You're not going to be able to point your way in, I don't think. So, And if you do, there's only going to be one, maybe two spots available. So if you have a shot of the guy's back bumper on the last lap, you're going to take it. And the, the 10 cost Kevin twice that opportunity. Once by moving out of the 11's way, and then the second time by staying on his door off of turn two and like making sure Kevin had no run down the backstretch to even attempt to get to the 11's bumper. Um, so we talked about it on here all the time, and, and I talked about it last week or whatever it was two weeks ago. Your job as the driver of the 10 is to make sure 
your car wins the race. Your second job as a driver of the 10 Stuart Haas car is to make sure or do everything you can to make sure a Stuart Haas car wins the race. And they didn't do that yesterday. And like you talked about whether or not that's an Eric decision, because obviously Eric doesn't have a long-term future there. This is his last season. Maybe he don't give a about. I, I just think as a competitor in the field, you give the people who have earned the right to race for the win, the right to race for the win. And I thought Eric gave Denny that right. He got out of Denny's way, didn't hold him up any, but then he actually did the opposite to his teammate. And and it, regardless of if his teammate or not, get the f- out of the way. These guys are racing for the win with two to go. So I don't. If, yeah, if you're gonna do it, <clears throat> if you're gonna do it for one, you gotta do it for the other. If you're if you're if you're the spotter of the four car yesterday, and you're AJ's the in the tens position or or Busher's in the in the tens position, are you not expecting the ten to stay in the elevens way? Maybe for a corner, um, but but my job as a spotter is to tell the ten what's coming. And oh, yeah. all right, here comes Denny. He's leading. He's clear by three to Kevin, our teammate. Uh, two to go. Whatever the hell. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint the exact picture of what's going on. And again, the driver make his decision because obviously we can't say, oh, you need to screw the eleven right here. Yeah, I did. Help it, our teammate. I did it yesterday. Well, the twenty four was leading. This is earlier, maybe hundred to go, hundred fifty to go, something like that. 24 was leading. Denny was about 10 back, and we were on a little fresher tire than, than Williams, so I knew he wasn't just going to be able to buzz by us, and we actually ended up driving away from him, but I, admit, I painted the picture to Bubba. I said, you know, five back to the 24, and he's got 10 to the 11 for the lead. And that tells Bubba, I get out of, you know, yeah, that yeah. Either you just have the decision to hold him up and maybe help Denny, or, or you just get out of the way and do it. But, you know, eventually we drove off, so it didn't matter. But At Richmond, it's really easy just to give a guy the bottom and race him on exit one time. And, and it's... Probably it, a half a second. Honestly, like, honestly, that's not anything really malicious either. You know what I mean? That's just race and short track. Of course, you can let a guy, you know, Denny gets there, lets him clear him in the middle of the corner so Denny can use the racetrack on exit if he needs to and gain a little bit of time. But um, I still don't like John Hunter wedging himself in there as a lap truck and, and being a part of the finish like that. I don't like that. But catching catching lap cars at a wrong at the wrong time I mean, it cost Scott McLaughlin an IndyCar win in Texas. What can you do? You know, but a guy placing himself in that position purposely, I don't, I don't, help not you, a fan of that. Help your team win. Well, our friends at RacingUSA.com, Google's top rated source for NASCAR merchandise, are at it again. As we told you last week, all the Justin Algar autograph 124 scale door bumper clear diecast collectibles are sold out, and we sold them out in less than two weeks. And there are only a handful of t-shirts and 164 diecasts remaining on RacingUSA.com for pre-order. Today, we're announcing that RacingUSA.com is giving away one of two authentic door bumper clear fire suits that were manufactured for this race. I want to be eligible to win that. They come in double X. That would be fun to be at Halloween. Are they all Justin size? <laughs> I don't think I can fit in Justin's fire suit. We're going to need not, both of them. And I don't want to say I've been in Justin's pants. Just go to RacingUSA.com homepage and click the contest link to enter. And while you're there, go buy something, man. RacingUSA.com supports us, and we want you to support them. Don't forget, RacingUSA.com guarantees the lowest pre-order prices. RacingUSA.com automatically discounts every order. RacingUSA.com ships all in-stock orders the next business day. So, when you're looking for merchandise to support your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, where you're always, always somebody special. Super special. 
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, so we got a buddy of mine coming on right now, Brian Murphy at Stuart Haas Racing. And, Brian, I hate to tell you you're walking in at a bad time, but we just finished analyzing the Stuart Haas Racing scenario where we thought the 10 car didn't cut his teammate a break. And actually, he cut the leader a break, but maybe not even his teammate. You guys are all watching. You obviously are very invested as to who wins this race and who you're pulling for. What was your take on those last couple laps, man, as Kevin was kind of running down Denny and they ran up on the 10 car who was too wide with Logano? Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me. My initial reaction, I, I really didn't even think about it. It looked kind of like some bad time there. Um, I mean, he I, he gave Harvick the bottom line. He probably, you know, hurt him a little off of two, but um, I didn't see too big of a problem there. I, I really don't think Harvick was going to be able to catch the 11 anyways. Uh, unless he was going to have to do one of those dive bomb moves that we've seen lately. So really, it didn't really hurt my feelings. I, I see no problem with it, and I don't think uh, it will be too big of a discussion here uh, today. As a as a Stuart Haas guy, were you not maybe hoping he didn't give either one of them the bottom and <laughs> kind of brought the 11 back to you, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess, a bunch of different ways he could have, he could have, you know, done that differently. Um, you know, I think the easiest thing is just to go to the top and, and let it play out naturally. Honestly, uh, I'm all about teammates helping each other. I just don't think that was the best time to do it. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the four had a great day, a great race. So the 11 and, and I didn't really see anything, um, you know, that that would hurt anybody's feelings here, to be honest. Yeah, well, Kevin definitely did because he basically told he said, you spotters need to get your gather up there which i thought was, was pretty <laughs> awesome so so man thanks for jumping on with us uh brian murphy is at brian underscore murphy underscore on twitter brian is a very opinionated guy uh in my opinion he is is, is probably the edgiest team guy that i follow in terms of really putting his opinion out there to be heard murph tell everybody man what your role is at Stuart haas how you got there how things are going and just overall uh kind of kind of what you do in the sport yeah, I started at Stuart Haas in 2015 as a body hanger. Um, I've now moved into associate shop foreman role. Um, it's really, it's just helping the people, getting them the information, getting them the parts. Whatever I can do to make their life easier is, is really what my job is. And, um, you know, especially now with the new car, uh, getting those parts, getting things uh, sorted out so that we can put together cars efficiently and maximize performance is, is really what I try to do uh, every day. Um, you know, it's, it's fun. It's just right now, again, it's, it's such a tough time with this new car and trying to figure everything out. We hear about these part shortages. Um, we hear about low car inventories. Is it fair to say that a four car team is struggling more than a single car team right now to be able to get all the teams outfitted into the racetrack every week and have the efficient and sufficient amount of backups and everything? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we have some alliances with uh, Rick Ware and uh, a couple other smaller teams. And, and it is funny, they seem to have some more parts available than, than we do at times. But I think that's because, like you said, they're just trying to get parts for four cars. Um, we're trying to get parts for, you know, four teams. So 
uh, yeah, it's a little bit harder for us, but honestly, I think we've reached the bottom. I think um, from here on out, things are just going to get better. We're getting more parts. We have more cars um, and, and we've gotten used to dealing with these parts shortages. It's at first, it was very uncomfortable for us because we've always had just an unlimited supply parts and pieces and man hours and, and really nothing to hold us back. And now we kind of had to go back to our short track routes where, um, you know, cars don't get power washed every week. You kind of hand wipe them off and, and you start flipping them around uh, really quickly. Parts are instantly coming off cars from this week to be put on cars for next week. So we've gotten a lot more efficient at that. Um, it's, it's part of this next gen process. I mean, this is what NASCAR wants. This is what we need. I mean, we need to be uh, more efficient, more, uh, you know, we need to be more stable with what we're doing, and, and that's what's happening. I'm going to ask you one more question before we dive into your tweet, which is why we wanted you to come on the show. Former body guy, great finish fab guy, do all the things with the cars. When you look at what happened with the six car and, and their body and the penalty that was handed down to them, did that penalty surprise you? Uh, no, not at all. Um, you know, it's I, I did tweet something about that. It uh, It wasn't calling anybody out. It's just this is what's going to happen. NASCAR has warned all the teams. Um, you know, it was going to happen to somebody. They're changing the culture of cup racing. Uh, there's a lot of differences in, in how we, how they're going to police this new car. And, and so I wasn't surprised. Uh, again, I think it was going to happen to somebody. And to be honest, I think it's going to happen again. So, so they pass pre-race tech. NASCAR yep. takes the car back to the R&D center. If they don't pull the wrap off this car, do they even find this? Honestly, I don't even know exactly what it was. It's it's amazing how hush hush it's been kept throughout the garage. Um, I've heard bits and pieces of of what it was. I've heard it's multiple multiple things that kind of led to this penalty, um, and it's hard for me to really comment on how or why it got caught. But uh, yeah, I mean, going back to the R and D center, it has been a thing this year. Unlike recent years. I think you're going to see more of it just because the, the officials are having to evolve and learn just like the teams. It's almost impossible for them to, to correctly police this platform just by going to the racetrack and, and learning those things. They have to bring the car back to learn and see just like we do as teams. Do you think – I've seen some conversations about this last week when this penalty got handed down. Do you think NASCAR should make – these penalties public and exactly what the six got caught for. I mean, especially with this new process, you know, obviously you don't want to let out all the secrets and have teams try to build off what you already found, but should this be a public forum now for, for going forward about exactly what these guys are getting penalized for? Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, I think the more transparent this industry can be, whether it be on the you know technical side or, you know, the penalty side, um, you know, you guys know a lot, a lot of the things we fail for, or a lot of things that we get penalized for, some of them aren't really on purpose. Some of them, you know, a lot of the technical failures in inspection are just, you know, us pushing the limits and, and we're dealing with small tolerances. Uh, in this case, I, I think it would, it would definitely help open the eyes for the fans and the teams on what NASCAR is wanting if, if they were to be more public with what teams were failing for. So I definitely think with this uh, next-gen platform, it's something that we need to look into as a support. Awesome. So, Brian Murphy, Stuart Haas Racing, you break into the sport. Look at you go, man, moving up the corporate ladder. I love it. We all got into the sport a long time ago. People are always asking, tweeting, texting, emailing, what can I do to get into NASCAR? You sent out a tweet this past weekend. Jason's going to read it for us. Then I just want to hear kind of what your thought process is and what you meant by saying this. 
So Brian tweeted, this sport has gone from people fighting over employment to having the perfect amount of jobs for the industry to team members just absolutely running away. If you're looking to get into NASCAR, there's never been a better time. What do you mean, dog? Talk to us. <laughs> I'm actually really glad you guys you know, brought me on to explain myself because there's, there's so many ways to dissect that tweet, honestly. And, and my initial reason behind it was just what I said was, you know, there are a lot of people leaving the sport for right now for, for many different reasons, um, good or bad, but it's just the fact. And, and for the people that are looking to get into this sport, you know, there's never been a better time. We're constantly looking for uh, team members, whether it be road crews or mechanics or whatever it is. And, and I get phone calls throughout the garage, you know, just, hey, you know anybody, we're looking for a front end mechanic, we're looking for a finished fab guy. So, you know, it, and 10 years ago, there was, there was stacks of resumes. There was lines at the door trying to get in. And, and right now we just don't see that anymore. So if, I mean, if people are looking to get in the sport, there's no better time than now. I, I talked to my buddy, Chris Sherwood yesterday over at Gibbs, and he said he's seeing people reappear that had been gone for a while, whether it was on their accord or not. I mean, I've literally seen guys that I knew were fired for screwing things up. And I see those guys back on setup plates in people's shops. I mean, big prominent team shops, right? So how do you go about – I get this question all the time. I know the answer, but I want you to tell everybody. How do you actually get in front of somebody to get a chance to get hired in NASCAR? What is the easiest way to do that? Well, I mean, we're talking about so many different series here. And, and the first thing you got to do is you have to at least know what you want to do. A lot of people, they, they, they don't know what they want to do, whether it be IT, mechanics, fabrication. So you kind of have to just dabble in, in different, you know, racing series just to kind of figure out what exactly you're looking for. I started out in the short tracks when I thought I, you know, I came down here thinking I was going to be a motor builder and I realized really quickly, I am not a good motor guy. So <laughs> uh, it was, it was great to work in the lower series and, and get my feet wet, get a little understanding of the mechanic side. And every time I moved up, I realized that I didn't know, you know, everything that I needed for that particular series. And, and that's how it's going to go. You're going to learn as you go up, but just dabbling in, in the beginning and then just showing your face, like networking. That is the biggest part of the sport is, is being around, people seeing your face, talking to the crew members, talking to, to everybody within the industry, whether it be a vendor or a team, and, and just showing that you're, you're really driven, that you want to be a part of this sport. And, um, and that's, that's really the biggest thing, to be honest. Are the hours right now the craziest they've ever been since you've been in the sport in terms of you guys are waiting on parts, and when you finally get them, you're thrashing, burning the midnight oil. I mean, you talked about going back to short track routes. That's what guys did. When they got off work, they went and worked on their own race cars and worked on them all night. Like, are you guys burning more man hours right now than potentially ever? Absolutely not. Um, honestly, I think there's probably the least amount of hours we've ever worked about right now. Um, surprisingly, you know, back in the day, when we had unlimited you know, car counts, we had, we had a fleet of 120 cars. From the end of Thanksgiving to Easter, our fabrication guys were six to five, five days a week, and sometimes Saturdays. So um, you know, we don't have the opportunity to just build cars because we just want to see if we can do something better. Now, what has happened is, is when you do work, it's a much bigger thrash. So when cars come back from the racetrack, you are working as hard and quickly as possible to get things disassembled, get them to the department so they can be rebuilt um, and gone through. And then, and then you're kind of already set for the next race. And, you know, you're kind of, there's two or three days there of the week where you're, you're just kind of comfortable. So yeah, I don't think as far as Stuart Haas racing, we're not seeing the hours like we used to. 
which is kind of nice because it's it's letting people uh, be with their families more. The weekends are less busy. Um, but yeah, that's I hear a lot of people talk about the hours. And, and for us, it's just it's not as many hours as it used to be. Are you guys looking at any kind of a rotation with your crew guys? Like I've talked to some of the teams in the garage and, and obviously we only have one weekend off in the Cup Series this year. So basically you start in February, you end in late October. Um, it's straight through other than one weekend off. Some teams are doing a rotation where, you know, the car chief gets three weekends off and here's what they are. We bring a guy, you know, from the shop that's capable of being a car chief and we, we let him come back and do his old job. Um, same with, with tire guys and whatever else. Are you guys doing that at Stuart Haas? Or are you pretty much saying, hey, we're all in this together. We're a team. We're going we're gonna to go to battle every single week and you get your one weekend off. No, uh, I, we're kind of, I think, from what I can tell, going with the old school deal where, you know, the road crew is going to be the road crew and the, the home crew is going to be the home crew. So um, I, I definitely think that's going to be a good good idea for the future to, to you know, we don't want people to get burnt out. And that the schedule is going to be very difficult. So I think as the, the season plays out, you'll see some adjustments. Um, but right now, our road crew crews click together really well. They all enjoy traveling for the most part, the people that we have. and and. I think we got a good crew just to send to the racetrack every week. I got a lot of good friends of Stuart Haas. Obviously spent some time there, won some races there. Proud of, proud of you guys turning it around this year, being fast. You're going to get inundated with freaking DMs from people saying, hey, Brian, I heard you on DBC. Can you get me a job? So I hope you got a canned response to get ready for all these resumes. No, it, yeah, that's fine. Like I said, it's uh, I, I love I love that there's so much opportunity in the sport and and I didn't want that tweet to be a turnoff. It, it, kind of, it created a lot of conversation um, unexpectedly. It was a very vague tweet, so I, sh- I guess I should have known what was about to happen. But a lot of great conversations. Um, it's a great sport to work in. I absolutely love it. And, and a lot of the reasons people are leaving isn't necessarily, um, you know, it's, it's nothing bad. It's just a time for a change. A lot of people are looking for something different. Uh, a lot of the jobs that we had, the metal shaping, the body work, that's that's all gone. So a lot of those guys still want to do those things. It's a great sport to be a part of. And uh, like I said, there's no better time to get into it than now. Well, that's why we wanted to bring you on. We love to have people that stir up and then we bring them on to clarify what they meant. We've done it with a lot of people. Mike Joy, Jenna Fryer, we could keep that list going. So thanks for jumping on, brother. And uh, best of luck this weekend at the old Martinsville paperclip. One of my favorites, and uh, you know, we won there in 2018 in that snow weekend. So maybe we can repeat and uh, bring home another clock. Yes, that would be awesome. I was extremely hungover the next day. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. See you, brother. Thank you, Brian Murphy. Right, thank you. Spot on, spot off. Ty Gibbs move on teammate John Hunter Nemechek mm. to win the Xfinity Series race at Richmond. Go ahead, Freddie. Anything to win, right? <laughs> as long as your car wins. Anything. TJ. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hard for me not to like a little bump and run short track racing. So I'm spot on for doing whatever it takes to win the race. You didn't wreck a guy. You didn't destroy him. You... You know, the only bad part about this is he's got a history of rubbing people lately and spinning them out. And, you know, well, you the guy got loose in front of me. Yeah, because you were three inches off his back bumper and he was going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, you make certain things happen. But, man, that, as Brett always says, what do you say? Guy got the trophy and kissed the girl, right? Yeah. So, 
I'm, I'm, man, look, Ty Gibbs has won seven out of 25 races, win percentage of 28%. Um, Pretty high. The only thing I'm spot off about is John Hunter's Nemechek's comment after the race. I can't say what I want to say or I'll get in trouble. Well, you look like a when you said that. So if you're going to yeah. either, either say something or don't say anything, because you, I am not a fan of the whole, because that, that creates this, this situation <laughs> where it looks like Ty is the favorite. Well, no, he's the favorite. He's the grandson of the owner. Like that shouldn't be a surprise awesome. to you. He just stood there and drank his water bottle. And, and to your point, did you not think he was going to try to move you? Yeah, he's going to try to move you. And I would expect John Hunter to try to move him. Exactly. I, Why I, would you not? I was spot on for every single piece of, of everything that happened right up until he made that comment, which, oh, by the way, do you remember what you did to Cole Custer years ago and run him in the fence at that road course? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and you're and you're going to fuss at somebody by a little bump and run? You always talk about yeah. drivers needing to own up for what they say. Well, Ty admitted, like, hey, like, hey I did it. He owes listen, I owe him. Teddy Christopher said this best a long time ago. You want friends? Go to summer camp. Ty Gibbs don't give a if anybody likes him at this point right now, I don't think. And and he is driving that way. What will be interesting to see, I think, in the near future, and it's probably going to come in the very near future, is Ty has no problem dishing it out. Yeah. What's going to happen when it gets back to him? Because that's where you could tell the difference of a guy that, listen, if Ty Gibbs gets booed by John Hunter the next race they run, and Ty gets out and goes, ah, you know, I put myself in that position, he got to me, moved me. Whatever, well, then that's good. If he gets out and cries about it, then I mean, he he physically cried at Phoenix. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't you can if you can dish it out, you better be able to take it. And I don't want to hear any complaining when somebody gives it back to you now because you've 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 this is multiple times this year, multiple times I watched him wreck last the year. Yeah, the Arca races, he was turning people. So you know it is what it is, and I'm the all list for is it, growing. You know, and from a team standpoint, this is what JGR JGR has no issues with this because for one, it's obviously Ty that won the race, but. They didn't wreck each other. They didn't, you know, they, no, they, that's a good race. deal is make sure our damn team wins. I don't care if you guys run each other over, but one of you is better win the damn race. And they did. I think that I think John Hunter made two, maybe three mistakes here in the last lap. One, he parked his car on the bottom of one and two with no center speed whatsoever to try to hold the bottom and allowed Ty to get to his bumper to move him up off of two. So now off of turn two, they're side by side. Now you have to make the decision of, Obviously, I guess John Hunter and his thought process was he's going to run me clean, which I don't know why he would have thought that watching Ty you Gibbs need to race drive in deeper year. than him. Either he's thinking that, you know, I got to get in there and he's not going to, he's going to give me room. What he needed to do was one, let him go, get behind him and move him back in three and four, or two, run into three like you're going to run in there hard and then stomp the brake pedal and turn back underneath him because you know, you have to know in that situation, John Hunter is not going to give you room. I mean, I'm sorry, Ty Gibbs is not going to give John Hunter any room. So, I you think know, if he crowds him, crossover. Like get, I think if he crowds him, he can spin Ty out on the inside too. I, they they were not. Ty had no intentions of making that corner. He was going in there and that's what John I'm Hunter. saying though. If John that would have wrecked them been, both, he could have been on his door. Then it would have wrecked both. He was not. That's what I'm saying. He I, was not going to do anything to stay off of John Hunter. So he wasn't going to spin himself out. You he, can't let his nose be in front of yours. Yeah, into well, the that's corner. what I'm saying. That's where he made a mistake in one and two. I think if he would have ran through one and two like he had been and had a better run off of two, John Hunter. I mean. Ty would not have had control of the situation in the three. Ty, John Hunter would have been more in control because he's I'm going to go ahead and tell ahead. you, if, even if Ty is three car lengths back on the bass stretch, he is going to get to John Hunter's bumper still. Oh, yeah, still. 100%. But at least you're in a yeah. little bit more control. If, if you're wheel to wheel. It's harder for him to do it. If that you're point. wheel to wheel with a guy in the three, the guy in the bottom has all the control. I mean, you can crowd him all you want, but he can take you to the cleaners like 
Well, like if, his, did. if his right front's behind your left front, it's going to spin himself out or take you with him. Yeah. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. But, like, it's just. Ty I think, knew what he was doing or knew how to do it. Yeah. I think that John Hunter had a couple different options there. And I think he just put too much faith in thinking that he was going to get ran clean. And, and I don't know why he would have thought that. But He wins four races his first year in a part-time effort. He went four for 18. He has won three races out of seven this year. How long are you going to leave his kid in Xfinity Series? I, I saw a stat which I have not confirmed yet, but I believe there's another guy with the same winning percentage in the Xfinity series as Ty Gibbs, and it's yeah. Kyle Busch. Yeah, yeah. He, he seemed to work out pretty good. Like how, but how, I mean, at what point are you going to say, hey, we're moving him to Cup. This is where we're going to go. Where's is he going? It, is, it a third team at, 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 is it a third team with Denny, or is somebody out at JGR? Because how many races you got to win to prove that you belong in the oh, Cup I mean, series? There, I think that's a foregone conclusion now. I don't, I don't know if it's full-time next year, but... He's going to be in a cup car next There's year. There is zero doubt Ty Gibbs is going to be in a cup car. Whether it's next year, they might let it, they might let him run two years, depending on how things work out. But Ty's so young, I don't think that hurts him right now. I think you just keep building his momentum. If he keeps dominating, because we all know when you go to the cup car, it's a whole other experience. Yeah, I think you have to. I think ideally, if if I'm a executive at JGR, I I leave him full time Xfinity, but make sure he gets Cup starts next year because obviously it's a whole different world that car versus what how it used to now. be. Yeah, you know you want to have them see time where you don't want to just throw them to the wolves. And I, can, I'll say this though, the Cup car drives nothing like the Xfinity car. So when you look at all these first time winners, I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that these younger guys like a Ross Chastain, um, like some of the other first time winners that we've seen this year is because they're not at a big deficit because of the experience. It's, it's a first year for everybody. So the longer you wait to put Ty in that car, the more he's going to get behind on that experience. If You're you looking him, at fast cars, too, though. Fast cars go fast. Fast cars still go fast. I 100% agree with you. But if you let him run some this year, put him in a couple races, see how he does, put him in good stuff. I'm sure there's a Toyota team that can fake it till they make it and do what Stuart Haas does when they do the Rick Ware thing with Ryan Priest. Field a Stuart Haas car under the Rick Ware name, and and let Ryan Priest go out there and haul ass, right? Like I, I don't I don't I don't see the reason in waiting to put him in Cup. I'll put him in Cup next There's, year if there, it's up to me. There is no Toyota teams, but I'm sure you could make something happen. You can make something happen. Are are there any is there anybody up contract wise next year? Uh I don't know exactly where contracts are at. There's a lot of rumors that Truex yeah, was gonna, is, is every offseason now is he's, potentially up. Yeah. Um obviously Eminem's leaving Joe Gibbs racing is a big deal. You know, the Mars family, they love racing. They were a big part of, of being in the sport and why the brand was in the sport. So them leaving to me still Long time. Them leaving to me still seems really weird because Victoria Mars and Pamela Mars love to come to the racetrack. They love the sport. And and a new CEO comes in and doesn't want to be here. Well, guess what? If the Mars family wanted to be here, they'd still be here. So I don't know. I just think that I, if I'm Joe Gibbs racing. I'm going to put Ty Gibbs in a cup car as quick as I can. Because how much? I mean, what, what's the point? There is no point. I'm, I'd move him up, get him ready. I mean, he's a big part of the future. Spot on, spot off. Kevin Harvick says he's talked to Jim France about keeping young racing talent steered towards stock cars because he said most young go karters, including Keelan, want to race F1. Freddie. Uh, well, I don't really fault. Keelan Harvick, because I just seen the contract that Max Verstappen signed a couple <laughs> weeks ago, uh, and a lot of them Xfinity, uh, Xfinity, a lot of them F one guys are are bridge rather high up on the food chain. 
Um, and it doesn't come as a surprise to me, and Jason can answer the question of why some of these kids want to run F1. Jason, why is that? Drive to survive. Content. You know, I, I think F1, when I was growing up, and this is, you know, early 90s in racing where I was like, you know, oh, I want to race like my dad, this, that, the other. The early to mid 90s, you know, everybody that I knew wanted to win the Daytona 500. You know, you wanted to be the you know, Dale Earnhardt. You want to be Jeff Gordon. Formula One wasn't even a blip on the radar in my life. You know, I barely even knew that Formula One existed, and I was going to racetracks every week of my life. Nowadays, I feel like I see more Formula One stuff than NASCAR stuff. You know, it's it's, it's insane how much it's blown up and how much content they put out, and and that drive to survive is leading the is leading the charge. And the, every you know, we know how much these guys are on iPads and Netflix and everything else. You can watch it all day long. Um, but it doesn't come as a surprise to me where, where younger kids are, are gravitating towards F1, just the, the pomp and circumstance around the whole thing. Obviously, the kids don't know about the money side of it yet, but maybe some of them do. <laughs> Keelan probably does. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise to me. Right. I am spot on for the fact that Kevin Harvick made this public. I am spot off on the actual comment itself because in reality, Kevin Harvick said on the Dell Jr. download last year that he is sending Keelan to Europe to run against some of the best road racers in the world at his age. How many people can afford to do that? TJ, can you afford to send your daughter? And if you had a son to Europe to race for a while, he's still working on the boat. So, uh, no, man, we're going to GoPro. So with all due respect, the average human that has a child that is Keelan's age hopes at best to get to Millbridge to be able to race on Tuesday or Wednesday night at that age. It is it is, it is crazy to think that the majority of people in America who have kids that are racing want to go be F1 drivers because I still think NASCAR is king in America. I still think there's nothing better than being a Cup Series driver. There's nothing more competitive. And I think this is something that Kevin is saying because his child is, is very fortunate to have a father that is very knowledgeable about racing, but also very wealthy. I think I think that he has a point in that kids always want what's in and what's cool right now. Where right now people are talking about F1. And if you have the opportunity to go that way, then absolutely. But I think last Wednesday, Chad races two two micros, one restricted with a lot of people. But I mean there are thirty five micros and these are kids that come out and just race every week to try and get to NASCAR. So I think if there's an opportunity to go F1 racing, absolutely. So how many times have you seen Keelan Harvick at Millbridge? He raced there a while. Yeah. A, few, a handful of times. I mean, you see a it's lot. Not the, it's, not the, the, it's not what they're pursuing, though. Like, if they're going to go to Europe, you're almost saying you want to pursue the F1 route. I think that, I think that Kevin would – and this is what I would obviously I don't have the means to do this, and I don't think anybody in this room has the means to do this. But Kevin is doing the right thing by Keelan, where he's in multiple different disciplines of racing. He's got a a micro for for Millbridge. He's got I've seen him testing legend cars at short tracks. He's running go karts in this you know WK you know whatever going to, not talking about going to Europe. So obviously, if you have the means to get your kid in in every form of racing that you can do, make him a better road racer, make him a better oval racer, make him a better dirt racer. Um, obviously that's the route you would want to go. Obviously at one point you're gonna have to take one and focus on it. But you know, I, I even, I, I hear you say NASCAR is king in America and man, I, I'm sure it is, you know, if you take a poll right now, I'm sure it, it is, but I don't know that 
Cub ratings are four times out of F1. I'm not talking about F1. I'm talking about if you talk to kids these days, it's, you know, F1's obviously big. We're talking about here now. Dirt racing's huge. You, you, you talk about... You talk about, I mean, what's the avenue? Like we see Millbridge. We just talked about how many carts there the other night. Uh, they had so many carts, they had to split the nights up, and they run two different nights now. Um, what's the avenue for a kid around here, aside from the summer shootout, to, which the summer shootout's only, I don't know, four or five weeks long. You know, maybe It's like seven or eight weeks maybe. But, you know, that's just the summer. Where else are you going to go race around here that is, brings that kind of hype to it? And I just feel like we're falling behind with our presence at short tracks and, and local short tracks. When I was growing up, the NASCAR weekly racing series or the Winston weekly racing series was huge. Guess, like who, they, guess who paid for that? Yeah, Winston paid for most of it. But then that, it, they transitioned out, and it still was pretty big. I know Dodge was paying for it for a while, and they're gone. Um, but, you know, I feel like we have, we need to have a better presence at our NASCAR short tracks to promote it and to promote to the kids and stuff that, that this is fun and and get out here and do this stuff. Kevin Harvick, like Kevin Harvick specifically went to them a few years ago and said, "You got to do more with the weekly racing series." And I haven't seen anybody do anything more because no. there's nobody willing and to write the check. It sounds like he's done the same thing. Again. But he's done a great job behind the scenes of supporting people who are trying to go that route too. I mean, there's a lot that you guys don't see on I, the background. I, 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 Where, I just, and I do, I do agree with Freddie. He's doing a great job of giving. Keelan, every opportunity he possibly can, no matter what route he takes. I just don't think there's a lot of people that can do that. I don't no, think there's a lot of people that yeah. can do what Kevin. I look, how many bad cars has Chase Elliott ever driven in his life? None. Neither will Keelan Harvick. He'll no. never drive a bad car. DJ? <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I can see both sides of it a little bit. You look at the Formula One race, the last two races have been night races. It's been neon lights um you know all the celebrities on the grid walk and stuff and that that stands out like i'm telling you that thing they do in victory lane they drive that car up onto that screen i don't know if you saw it yet yeah that thing's amazing um i think i think the after race stuff is still i think we should still do a podium in my opinion um i think it'd be cool to put them all three there and John Hunter standing beside Ty mm. Gibbs in victory lane on a podium would have been epic after this. Yeah, but it was rest. just like Lewis and Max last year. Whenever remember they walked by each other and bumped yeah. shoulders and stuff. I yeah. mean that. That's, I love it. Yeah, I, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to watch. Yeah. So I don't know. We, there's always things, but there's also the tr- traditional part of like NASCAR. Like our races aren't these sprint races. Like that Formula One race is over quick. You know, these are um, if our race is over in 200 laps, we would Denny wouldn't won that race. Not even close. You know what I mean? There, it would have been completely different. So I think you got to make sure you separate what kind of racing you're watching. But you know, Formula One definitely has a little bit of momentum. But you know, I I still think that, and there's definitely things we can do that NASCAR is still where you want to go, like yeah. in, in here, like around here. just a few weeks out until the Dirty Mo Media Ultimate Experience at Charlotte. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited. Oh yeah, we did invite you, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I was, I was invited last week and it was recorded, <laughs> so don't worry. I told you, it's really just for Chloe, so if you don't bring Chloe, you're not invited. I can't wait to get to Charlotte <laughs> and see all you fans, man. We, uh, we love you guys. Vegas was a big hit. Obviously, we're all about having fun on this show and having fun at the races, and there's nothing better than showing up Getting a drink, beer, for six hundred miles. Yeah, 
Fireball. Shot a fireball. Fireball. Listen, this is the 600 in May. This is a freaking one of the biggest races of the year. And uh, the whole area that week, man, is just a great week to be in town. Um, I think we should do a big GoPro race with all these guys that are coming. Like, like we if used to do. If, if you're coming to the suite, I think we should all meet at GoPro and have have a little quick race, too, just to make it even more fun to be in Charlotte. Are you racing? I like it. If, if you're a race fan and you're a NASCAR fan, Charlotte is freaking heaven. You understand you're signing you and Freddie up for a go-kart race, right? <laughs> yeah, they got big seats. We're going to run a two-seater, me and Freddie. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger motor, ladies and gentlemen. We'll I'll spot for you. Can I'll you guys for you. No all dress up in us. the Mario Kart costumes, too? <laughs> We're going to run a bigger Throw motor. Throw red shells and stuff at people when they go by. <laughs> yeah. We're going to run a bigger motor, but when you shove at the suite, we want you to blow a motor. That's how much fun yeah. we want you to have. <laughs> Listen, it, and you know, I'm sure Mike will be there. You know, taking care of everybody again. He got upset that I that I called him out last week for thinking that he was the grand attraction. Well, well he is. Listen, I, so... We know Mike's not the grand attraction. I thought we were the grand attraction, but they announced this week that we might have been trumped because Jordan Taylor is going to go to the suite and hang out during the Charlotte 600, Coke 600. So I can't wait uh, to meet him. I mean, if you guys have seen some of these video jorts that he's been doing, they I was going to ask if his attire is going to be hysterical. If he doesn't wear if he doesn't wear jorts to this deal, we're not going to be friends with him anymore. But uh, that's going to be awesome for you guys. I mean, just to hang out. I mean, Jordan Taylor on top of being one of the funniest personalities on social media also just happens to be a badass race car driver that i believe won sebring a couple weeks ago so uh you know that's just another perk of it i mean we'd love to you know meet everybody we did a q a for i don't even know 10 20 minutes or something like that before the race yeah, might turn the heat on for that yeah i mean we were awesome. melting hopefully the, hopefully the air works a little better in this suite but yeah. uh yeah I, I mean it's just an awesome experience and we love to, to interact with you guys so i hope everybody gets their tickets now there's they're going pretty fast again, so don't miss it. Um, get yours now. And then you also get your scanner so you can listen to these guys while they are in the race, and then you can talk about them after. <laughs> and they did the last time because we all wrecked, I think, and they talked trash while we wrecked. But I would come in on easy, Tuesday. Easy. <laughs> I would come in on Tuesday. I would go to Millbridge because they'll be racing out there Tuesday, Wednesday night, right? Yeah, come, come Wednesday night. Come, I mean, and if you're a NASCAR fan, everybody at Millbridge pretty much works in NASCAR. I mean, it's it's the even the Kenny Francis that used to be Casey Kane's crew chief. Obviously, you're going to see Kelly Earnhardt out there. Uh, a lot of different Races NASCAR folks. Casey Boat. I, I would yes, come maybe in. Chloe. I know. Every I, time you say Millbridge, Casey's like, "Oh, I'll be there." Hey, I will be there. be there. I'm sorry. That's my life. I just think I do. do Millbridge, do GoPro, do the Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's so many great. Do do your favorite race shops. Go to Brett's um, house. Go to go to Junior Motorsports. <laughs> Check them out, man. Like you, you got to come do this sweet experience. It's going to be awesome. Ten out of ten. And the, uh, I mean, I did not see anybody, the the stuff that, that was given away and stuff, everyone had a really good time. The biggest thing I think that we do as far as with that Q&A especially is, you know, we can kind of paint a picture of stuff that you might not anticipate watching when you go on the racetrack if you just go and sit in the grandstands and listen. And you could always rent a scanner and listen, but, you know, we kind of paint a picture of what we're getting ready to watch and what we will be looking for during the race. And it kind of helps the fan that's listening to us, either any of the three of us, or even their own favorite driver, about how the race is playing out and stuff like that. So just, you know, it's a it's an unbelievable opportunity. We talked about it in the suite about, you know, you don't get this kind of access when you go to a football game. You don't get this kind of access at a baseball game. So, you know, take advantage of it while it's there. SMI Charlotte Motor Speedway, they want you to have fun. That's why they're allowing us to do this. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys. Big hugs all around. Yeah, hopefully see you there. 
So buy your tickets now at dirtymomedia.com. They're going to sell out quick again like they did for Vegas. So get them now. Book your trip to Charlotte. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Oh, TJ's cool and Freddy kisses. Hamlin's ass every chance he gets. AC's beautiful. But she never ever picks her up. But Briscoe forgot that he had breaks. Now the pasta's getting high. Elliot going to hell. It's time for Reaction Theater. I'm about tired of the way Ty Gibbs races. It's one thing to bump into somebody for a win. It's another thing to have a guy race you clean and not rough you up any because you're the boss's grandson. And then you just go up and body slam the guy and turns three and four. Come on, man. Race with a little more respect. I hate to hear you're tired of it because it's not going to stop anytime soon. He's pretty young and he's not going anywhere. Cry me a river. <laughs> First, we had this fake argument between Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson after what happened in California. Now we got this freaking bozo that's pretending to be a watermelon seed. Come on, Fox Sports. You can do better than this. Just for the record, I had no idea that that call was coming earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. Stage two is over. All right, cool. Yep. Nothing exciting up to this point. Richmond, you didn't disappoint with your boringness yet again. Jason, I meant to ask you, how was this Richmond race? It's Richmond. That's my answer all week. I may have been ahead of the curve calling it out last year. Just throw it out there. You're a genius. Listen, Listen. I, I will say I was a huge fan of stage two being longer because we knew a pit stop had to come. It gave different strategies. Just imagine if we'd have run another short 75 lap stage. Oh, it would have made the race yeah. even more brutal. I mean, I saw a lot of people complaining about the race, and I think they did a good job, like you said, making stage two longer. And it it's you're you're it's half a one. You know, it's it's. It's hard to explain because I love that you're, I love that race yesterday just from the way cost you know the strategy plays out where we we break it down before the race of a two stop strategy is better than a one stop strategy and then a caution could you know affect it or whatnot but I love to see that stuff play out and see a guy pit then another guy pit twenty laps later and see if he can go run him back down stuff like that and I saw a tweet from Brett's buddy um, I can't even remember his name oh Bromberg. Um, <laughs> Oh, said, Jason probably liked the tweets. Probably why you saw it. Well, no, I think I think Luck retweeted it, and it was almost something. It was I found it interesting. It's one of the first things I've ever found interesting. Like I said, yesterday was the first multi-car accident in Richmond since 2019. Wow, Jason, I want to tell you this about Richmond. I feel like it was like watching a college football game that the teams are tied and it goes into overtime, and and one team wins three to nothing because it was an epic finish. You were on the edge of your seat for the finish, but, man, leading up to the finish was kind of boring. Come on, NASCAR. How the f*** are you going to wait 200 laps to penalize Kyle Busch for unapproved tape on the grill? Wait until 49 laps to go to say something about this, and you just completely f***ed his day over. Come on, man. I'll tell you one thing. When they announced 
pen, you know, post the 18 for a tape penalty. I was like, what? What did they just say? I've never heard that before in my life. <laughs> I just want to say this because I'm clearly in the minority in, in terms of NASCAR Twitter. But that was a awesome race. I, I mean, look, I'm a huge fan of stage racing. I have been since they introduced it. I love it. I think it's exactly what NASCAR needed to spice up some of these races. But that race was just thrilling. I mean, different strategies. Thrilling. It came down to a naturally tight finish. I mean, it didn't take a f***ing Rick Ware car getting in the wall with five to go in order for us to get an exciting finish. What does Cody wear? Cody was in the way yesterday again. I seen him almost wreck the two car when he was lapping him, and then I think him and Ricky wrecked. That was the, the multi-car wreck for the first time since 2017 or something. Get the f*** out the way, they just wave the white flag. And you're still in the goddamn way, is your spotter TJ. Get the f*** out the way. Hey, you bunch of I'm going to be in Martinsville this weekend. And uh, if you see a mother in a white cowboy hat flipping off Joey Logano and Eric Amarola, well, hell, that'll be me. And uh, why don't y'all come on down from the spotter stand and let's do a shot of fireball. <laughs> oh. oh, Jeb, meet us. Is that Jeb? I assume. Yeah. Jeb, meet us at the bottom of the elevator at the race is over. And yeah. I would happily do a shot of fireball with you. Jeb, right before I have somebody drive me home. Jeb, yeah. I have to. Uh, first of all, we're coming off the most efficient full weekend schedule I've ever seen NASCAR pull off to do practice, qualifying, and race. Big for you to say that. All two series in Get two ready. days. Phenomenal. You're sick. But my dumb ass has to drive all there the way go. to Martinsville on Thursday for one 20 minute practice. So, Jeb, if you're going to be there on Thursday, Send me a DM. I'll gladly have a shot of fireball with you after practice because I have a two and a half fire drive up there and a two and a half fire drive back, and I might as well have a shot of fireball. Hang out with you twenty minutes later, wear off, and drive home. Jeb, I hope you get your cowboy hat dirty. Get the f- out the way. I like that. <laughs> I just hope, hope that Jason doesn't beep out the f word in the song. Good luck, because he deserves to. He it deserves to be played in its entirety. We just got to get Jason drunk again because I think he let one slip. The, the day after the, the Vegas show. Something Nothing like that happened after Vegas that I'm not responsible <laughs> for. It's all Freddie's fault. <laughs> oh, well, you too can leave an audio message 24-7. Just go to anchor.fm slash clear and you will see the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones on the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Offer pad question of the week. Time for the offer pad question of the week. What is your favorite room in your house? And is it the same as your wife's favorite room? <laughs> Brett, I need to know the answer to this one. RPG room. <laughs> um, I can tell you right now. His favorite room and his wife's favorite room probably are not the same. 
My favorite room right now is the garage. And I know that's not I was a gonna say that room, but my ping pong table's out there. Bodie's drums are out there. Uh, just got me a new golf cart. It's out there. Like all the things that I want to do are in the garage. Dog treat Dave. And me and there. me and Bodie can kind of have our own little world out there. So um, I can tell you what room Claudia doesn't like, and it's the laundry room. Because she apparently has forgot how to wash and dry and iron clothes. Because my laundry room looks like the damn airplane look when you and Chloe got off that airplane when we got back from Turks and Caicos. Oh, shut up. It, I, it's, a, it, it's a great honor to have clean underwear on today. Just does the she, fact that I does had she a cook? No. So she's also she's allergic most, to the kitchen. Most expensive thing for your kitchen doesn't work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Claudia. I don't know how you do this. Yeah. For how long have you been married? Uh, apparently she long doesn't. Time. Apparently she doesn't do much. <laughs> All right, you guys need to stop. Talking. I'm just saying. Like I don't know how you now. do this. It's not like she does much. Freddie, please say something nice you. about Megan. Does Does uh, Megan do your laundry? You want me to? Will so Megan come do my laundry? Megan, if I Megan, drop it off, will she do it at your house? Megan, John made, will. <laughs> Megan made a valuable mistake. Very bad mistake. She put in her wedding vows that she would do my laundry. So anytime she doesn't, I'm like, hey, this is grounds for divorce. Like it was in the vows where you were going to have my laundry done in time for me to leave the next week. Um, but yeah, she does all the laundry um, on, a, on, a, on a fairly consistent basis. So maybe bring some over for her, Brett. Wow. Um, done. I, I'm assuming my, my favorite room is just mine. I just don't want to end up with your underwear instead of mine. Last time I saw you with different underwear was like Bodie's, I think. They were just yeah, extra small as you small. bought in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my favorite room is probably my living room with my big ass couch and uh, Megan's favorite room is probably any room that I'm not in. So that, that's probably how Here. that breaks down. DJ. I'd probably say the office or the garage. One or the other. Probably the office. Is that um, your sim rig is and stuff? Or? Yeah, you can. I got TV in there, sim stuff in there. What kind of business you run out of there? Out of the, out of I can't office. tell you. <laughs> Can't tell you. Uh, I got a couch in there and stuff. Actually, I think me and Brett recorded a show in there like three years ago, we four did. years ago, yeah. one time. But that or the garage. I got TV in my garage now, so um, it's also a place where I can pretty much go and I guarantee. I thought about putting a TV in my oh, garage. Yeah, it's my a garage. Game changer. Well, streaming stuff now, you always just put a smart TV in there. And it, yeah. Yeah, it's way to go. My now. garage, I've got to have I've got to have a party because my garage is getting overrun with and I don't. Every time I do it. Well, you don't have kids, so you try to get away from the party when you have kids. But I'm saying, like, I, every time I have a party, it's always in the garage, and every so every, that gives me a reason to clean every six months or so. Now I haven't had a party <laughs> well, in like two years. Let's have a party tonight for the national championship game. Okay. Oh, yeah, you forgot. Notice. No, that's, you've already got me working all day today. Or Charlotte Race Weekend, invite up. everybody to your garage. Yeah, Megan will be pumped about that. Yeah, we'll go from GoPro to your garage. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Your house is closer to GoPro than mine is, I think. Yeah, you got a bigger couch. <laughs> Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. What an idiot. Time for What an Idiot. Brett, who wins this week? Well, Denny Hamlin just got his 47th cup win. He now ranks... 17th on the all-time win list. Don't even start. Around him are guys like this. Tony Stewart with 49. 
Herb Thomas with 48, Buck Baker with 46, Bill Elliott with 44, Mark Martin with 40, Tim Flock with 39. Guess what all those guys have in common, Freddie? I could guess. But They're all in the Hall of Fame. So, Mike, what an idiot is TJ Majors for saying Denny Hamlin does not belong in the Hall of Fame. What an idiot. You're, But you're not. I'm saying right now he doesn't. We can't put the guy in there right now. If he retires and we talk about this next year, I'll probably say he does. But right now, I'm not putting a guy in the Hall of Fame that's still racing. That's not the way you said that's, it. I'm just saying that's not the way we beep, talked about it. Beep, no. Beep, Where's Homer? That's Somebody what the sound, that's, that sound of backing up. If you ask me down the road. DJ just backpedaled away from the table. I'm not talking about putting a guy in the Hall of Fame that's still currently a driver. You can't do that anyway, but you said he's not worthy last year. Just like Kyle Larson uh, is never going to figure a, out this package. You point blank said he's not a champion. Kyle Larson did not have to figure out anything. He doesn't have a championship. Kyle Larson <laughs> had that figured out the moment he hit fourth gear. So, um, I don't know if I have one or a good one this week, man. Do you, Freddie? I have one that's really not racing related, but. Yeah, there's not. There was actually a pretty good week. I mean, on you, the could track. It, you could give it to whoever decided to wait 270,000 laps to give Kyle Bush a penalty. <laughs> But um, mine, so mine, and you guys, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I guess you guys are both there early enough. There was a deal going on behind the spotter stand, which one, I have two idiots out of this deal. One, which one guy's just doing his job. I feel bad calling him an idiot, but man, he was very hyped up. There was a stage back there. <laughs> I heard a guy. <laughs> this guy, I heard, it sounded like a full-blown rock concert was going on behind yeah. me. And I turn around, this guy's hooting and hollering. And it's there's three people standing there listening to him, and he is the best hype man in the world. And there's three people standing there talking. So I don't know who he was talking to, but my one idiot is the people that he was hyping up because they are over there on pogo sticks doing double backflips yeah. and backflips and front flips. And I'm like, it looks scary. I'm like, those they are idiots. Like yeah. uh, that looks just like a great way to break your neck. And I don't know who ever thought that that was a good idea. But yeah, no, I'm not signing up for that. That was y'all should have videoed it. Oh my god, I think Hirschman. I might have. Yeah, Hirschman might have. But I was like this. They were doing. I don't. I can't even explain to you what it looked like. But every time, like you, t- you held your breath because I'm like, oh, they're gonna fall on their head. Didn't make it, but somehow. But I don't think I don't know how you sign up for extreme pogoing. But um, not for me. I don't even know how you go that high on a pogo stick. <laughs> like they were literally every time they land, I'm like, he's gonna wipe out. He's gonna wipe out and bounce back up. Um. You know, I don't, I like to keep it there. Not, there wasn't a lot of really bad stuff on the track this week. Like, um, who'd you have in Xfinity, Daniel? I'll give it to him for about wrecking me into my pit stall in the first pit stop. Sorry about that. You checked up too much. My pit stall was next to last pit stall. Pull left. Get out of the I way. I did. I was trying to. Do you remember what Jeb said? Get the f- out the way. <laughs> TJ, who are you spying for in the Xfinity Series race this weekend? I was waiting for that question, too. You're just going to ignore it? Well, I was hoping you'd make your first Xfinity start this week, Jason, venturing from the sprint cars. Sorry, so, I'm not ready yet. Um, I will be sliding over to basically get yelled at for an entire week, uh, race. <laughs> Who's going to do your guy? I have my second spotter. Um, his name is Michael Fisher. He's going to He's my assistant. Well, yeah. you never want to have a guy fill in for you that's better than you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how you get fired. 
You never want, and you don't ever want to be replaced by somebody that's better than you are. Like if you if you move on and and put Come in on, there man, somebody really shitty. I told really them guys that. that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you screwing me. You're an idiot, Freddie. You're an idiot. I had a crew chief tell me one time. They're like they're like you played this really well. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you got replaced by the worst guy up there. So you sound amazing. <laughs> you can come back here anytime you want. Yeah, that's uh, you definitely don't want to do that. But uh, he actually does a good job. So he um he's filling in for me so I can you know and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you if he gets mouthy. There'll be some. I'll be on Ash Junior next week. I'll be. I'll send in ton, lots of questions, or I'll just turn my radio off. You're talking um, a big game. Post the eighty-eight. Can no we, spotter. Uh, <laughs> can we make this a segment like the before the race and after the race, TJ? If he wants to get mouthy, I'm just turning my. <laughs> JRM cars have been fast. It's a good time to be in the JRM car. Short track. Josh Berry. We were a one lap from passing Josh Berry yesterday and then right before the end so i thought that was a pretty good run josh Berry's a good short track driver too absolutely but yes i will be uh i will be working with Junior this weekend congrats the million dollar question i think i'm gonna cry i know all right moving on to dbc picks tj finally didn't jinx a driver and wins with denny tied for the lead look at you go yeah man According to that first. point system, I'm second. Who goes <laughs> first? Brett, you are first. Oh, man. Corey LaJoy didn't do me any favors. 31st. Come on, Corey. Uh, I go first. I will take Martin Truex Jr. Jr. Martinsville. Yeah. Uh, Jason. Ryan Blaney. Damn. I'll go with Eric Jones. That's a good pick. Ready? I will go with. Don't you do it. Bubba Wallace. Okay. <laughs> what? What? He I, beat us with Bubba Wallace like two years ago. <laughs> Bubba finished like eighth. In a, this in, is the racist like that can happen though. But he so. didn't run like crap last year in in the 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 Denny Hamlin car. So man, gambling. I am gonna go with who I can't decide if I want to use this guy. I'm taking him. I'm going with the <laughs> one and only Kevin Harvick. There you go. Got a little momentum. They got a little speed right now. Sorry, Kev. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. All right. Well, heading to Martinsville, what can we expect this weekend? First 400-mile race in a while. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to remind myself of that. It better not be 400 miles. <laughs> <laughs> if it's 400 miles, I'm not going. It's not, actually 400 kilometers. I'm not watching 800 laps around that <laughs> place, Jason. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> It pays good, but it don't pay that good. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, what can an we idiot. go back to what idiot? <laughs> no. Sh- 
was like, I think I literally wrote down Miles in my thing to bring up too. So out of the show, I just assume every track's Miles. <laughs> oh boy, what? yeah. I mean, what? So I mean, we have been asking for shorter race. I don't understand. So we are doing this thing on the Couch Racer Twitter where we uh, been doing track brackets, and of course now we've gotten down to the finals, and the two tracks are. Bristol and Martinsville that everybody has said that they want short tracks and we want, and we've said maybe shorten some of the races. So now we have taken a short track off the schedule by making it a dirt race. And now we're going to take one of the short tracks and shorten it on our laps. I don't get it, but whatever. I mean, some, I think we should shorten all the races. So we start with this one and shorten the rest of them too. But I mean, my goodness, I don't understand sometimes. I, I think it's cool to actually go to a short track. Cause I, I know Phoenix is considered to be a short track, but it's just so freaking fast. This one, you're actually going to have to slow way down, make the corner, look at potential wheel hopping, be able to beat and bang. Uh, we, we showed in L.A. these cars can take a beating, and I think this weekend we see just that, a beating. Um, one thing to watch out for, though, in these cars, the, the hits, the slower hits are harder than they were in the last car because the way these cars are built, they don't hit the wall hard enough to actually move the wall and get the energy absorption to start happening. The wall doesn't move with these cars. So when they hit, it's violent on the inside of these cars. Um, so, so I think if you see guys hitting the wall, I don't think this is going to be one of those places where they can, you know, knock the freaking fender out and come back out and keep digging. I think when they, when they hit, they're going to be big hits. But I, TJ, am probably most excited about this because I was highly entertained at L.A. Yeah, I'm excited. Martins was always a good race. I don't. They're so close there. You can't get away from each other. Richmond's high speed. Richmond's pretty fast. Um, Martinsville. It's hard to hit a guy and get away from, you know, so there's and we saw some of that yesterday with with Ross and Blaney. I don't know if you saw that. They got into a couple of times and I'm surprised we didn't talk about it on here, but Ross sent Blaney off down into one. I mean, tire smoking. Did you see that? Yeah, and it was, I guess, Ross uh, also ran him into the wall out of four. So, Martinsville, S- you're Suarez not... Suarez was in a few pissing matches, too. Oh, really? Including one with Briscoe. Um, oh, yeah. They, I, to me, Suarez was the only thing that kept the race exciting while I was watching, other than the Ross thing happened. Like, Suarez was, he was he was like a bull in a china shop. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of pressure on that guy. You know, I mean, he, he, your teammates already won, your teammates... Finishing well. I mean, he didn't finish well yesterday, but he ran well up until the whole strategy thing started trying to kind of. I'll tell you what I saw yesterday with with Ross as well. There was he has speed, but as soon as he lost three or four spots, it's almost like he hit the panic button and like, oh no, I need to be up there in the top three. And, and I saw him get into a Blaney. Like he laid back on a restart with us, and I mean, he's five car lengths back. Like I, I'm really surprised they did not say anything about it. And he's diving three wide into one, things like that, and we just. Saw- forcing things we saw that a lot when he drove the 10 car calling you know he had a lot of speed and was in position to win some races but he would make mistakes like that because he felt like he should be leading or or was leading and lost a lead and would make a mistake and get in the fence or or some other mistake yeah, there's unnecessary risks him. here yeah. that that you don't need to be t- it's okay to lose a couple spots on a restart it's okay um i did see like just chill. I mean, you're going to put yourself in a, you're going to get into a pissing match with somebody and knock your fender in, get a flat then you're going to come down pit road and throw away a top 10 um, but yeah, Martinsville is going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's probably my favorite racetrack now with, uh, other than plate tracks It's probably my favorite racetrack. Well, as always, thank you to our great presenting sponsor offer pad and thank you to everyone for listening. We out.
Holla. Have a great week. See ya. Hey, Dirty Mo Media fans, do not skip this because we've created a once in a lifetime event just for you called the Dirty Mo Media Ultimate Race Experience. I am here to tell you that we have packed this thing with so many perks and accessories and add-ons that this is hands down the best ticket and the best value in all of NASCAR. Here's why. A single ticket gets you a comfortable, cushy seat in a climate-controlled luxury suite where you are treated like royalty. You also have all-you-can-eat food and drink and beer, plus a parking pass, radio scanner to listen to your favorite drivers, private meet-and-greets with Dirty Mo Media personalities, swag bags full of merchandise, pre-race pit passes, and there's so much more. It really is the ultimate ticket, but don't take my word for it. Listen to what our Vegas Ultimate Experience ticket buyers had to say. It was awesome. It rocked. One of the, the best race experience I've ever had. Meeting all three, uh, meeting all three uh, spotters. They were awesome. They answered a lot of questions. I won a free car, which is awesome. Just to actually talk and have normal person conversations, like more than just hi, sign that autograph sort of thing, but to have a real conversation. Ah, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. We hope to be able to do it again. You yeah, guys have to keep doing this. So you just heard it from them. Listen, come be a part of our next Ultimate Experience. It is on May 29th for the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com right now and follow the prompts. It'll change your life, and it will change the lives of anyone you bring with you. Again, DirtyMoMedia.com is the site. Look for the Ultimate Experience link, or just go straight to it at DirtyMoMedia.com backslash Ultimate Experience. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.